0: Welcome back to Money Mile. I am your host, Justin Waller, and Money Mile is where you share a mile with us and we help you live a better life. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the top financial challenges of active people. I think we will all agree that endurance athletes are generally exceptional people. But what is it about being an endurance athlete that makes your financial planning different from your non-athletic counterparts? Now, there are a number of key differences active people need to consider in their financial planning. Here, I'm specifically thinking of triathletes and runners, but several of the concepts will be applicable to other folks as well. In this conversation, we'll explore several of the primary differences. To take a bit of a step back here, it is still amazing to me to consider how much work we put into our sports and what a small number of us actually make a living doing this. There are efforts in place to improve the odds of generating money in this field, and there are some interesting ideas out there with professional triathlete organization and whatnot, Uh, but the vast majority of us are paying out of our pockets for the opportunity to challenge ourselves and push our limits without the expectation of ever cashing one of those giant checks that were handed on a podium. So we need to be aware of the financial impacts of the decisions that we make over time and make sure that we are making knowledgeable decisions. So let's jump in with some of the key differences in financial planning for endurance athletes. The first of which is the financial independence picture. Financial independence is fraught with complexities for the average person. But according to a recent study, the average age of retirement is about age 61, and it has been there for quite a while, roughly a decade. According to some World Bank economic data, the average life expectancy for a U.S. citizen at birth in 2018 was age 79. This results in a time frame in retirement of approximately 18 years for the average person. There have been many attempts to quantify the health benefits of exercise. A 2012 study by Stephen Moore, referenced the benchmark of people who exercised 150 minutes each week and referenced them as moderate exercisers. This study suggested that this recommended moderate level of exercise for a 40-year-old would increase their life expectancy somewhere between 3.4 to 4.5 years, so 3.5 to 4.5 years of extended life expectancy for 150 minutes a week of exercise. If you are active and of normal weight, the variance here could go as high as 7.2 years of increased life expectancy. One of the study scientists had commented in a subsequent article that the data pointed to increases in life expectancy beyond 150 minutes and a point of incremental benefit tapering off after 300 minutes, or roughly 5 hours per week of exercise. The average time a triathlete spends training starts at around six hours per week. So some elite athletes regularly get up to 20 plus hours a week of training. So obviously these weekly numbers will vary based on your phase of training and the distance you're training for. But it gives us the context that the study was based around 150 to 300 minutes, which is about five hours per week on the high end. And as a triathlete, most of us start in the six hour per week range. I think it's safe to say that as an endurance athlete, you should plan for an increased life expectancy. At least 3.4 years uh, on the low end, and a more conservative planning estimate would be to extend the normal by 7.2 years. If we assume that an endurance athlete and a non-endurance athlete would start retirement at about the same time, this results in the endurance athletes spending roughly 18 to 38% more time in retirement than the average person. In addition to more time in retirement, it has also been studied and documented that endurance athletics has a strong link to deferring the impacts of cognitive decline by up to 10 years. As endurance athletes, we have a higher likelihood of enjoying an active and engaged lifestyle for longer in our retirement. Does this mean that as an endurance athlete, your nest egg needs to be 18 to 38% larger than your average counterpart? Perhaps but maybe not. A lot of that really depends on what your long-term vision is of what you're trying to accomplish. If leaving a financial legacy is significantly important to you, then it may be more important. But understanding where you are in relation to your long-term picture uh, is going to be important. So it really depends on your goals and your resources. But at a very minimum, you need to consider the impacts of increased longevity and incorporate that into your financial planning. The second area that is going to be meaningful for endurance athletes is cash reserve. A typical starting point for cash reserves is somewhere between three to six months of fixed and committed expenses. Now, For endurance athletes, this metric could be sufficient, but we also want to be clear about what is included in this. Do you include your gym membership, coaching, additional nutrition and race fees in the measurement of fixed and committed expenses? Or are those expenses really discretionary? Depending on your view of endurance athletics and the roles it plays in your life, your answer may be different. Ultimately, you need to find the right answer for yourself. For many of us, this simply turns into a rough metric. And what it ultimately means is that if we wanted to look at roughly three to six months of fixed and committed expenses, we might look at it and say, if our total bills are $10,000 a month, but if we got sick or injured, we wouldn't be doing that race or we wouldn't be training as much as we had been otherwise. Maybe we can ratchet that down and say, hey, if we really needed to have th- or we would feel more comfortable with three months of fixed and committed expenses, maybe we can get by with roughly $8,000 a month of expenses. So that would put us at roughly $24,000. So we don't necessarily have to get to the penny with this, but we want to find a cash reserve target that is appropriate for your needs and your lifestyle. In addition to that, depending upon what your goals are, you may also need to have additional resources available elsewhere for cash reserves. As an example, one of the things we'll be talking about later is medical insurance and making sure that your cash reserve is in excess of your maximum out-of-pocket expense for at least two years of your medical expense. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later. The next area that is different for endurance athletes is cash flow. Being an endurance athlete can certainly put you into an expensive hobby category. Triathlon, as an example, is a hobby on which you can spend a nearly unlimited amount of time, energy, and money. Between a coach, gym membership, nutritional needs, gear, maintenance, race fees, travel, you can spend a lot of money on triathlon. With some thoughtful consideration, there are ways to be a more frugal triathlete, which are great. But most of the athletes I talk with are not aspiring to get out of the water and hop on a 20-year-old steel frame road bike. Uh, Wrestling with down tube shifters to get going is not typically part of their goal. There are definitely things you can do to make the sport more or less expensive, but it generally fits in the expensive category. You should be planning accordingly to your goals and preferred level of involvement with the sport. The expenses associated with triathlon are so meaningful that Triathlete Magazine has actually generated a tag for their blog articles, specifically that's oriented around triathlon budget, ways to start a triathlon on a budget, and why are things so expensive. Uh, So I'll put a link to their page in the show notes so you can take a look at that. In addition to that, you can also find some tips in a guide that I pulled together called Foundations for Financial Independence for Triathletes. The next financial area of issue is gear. This is where we'll need to break this down into a couple of different categories. Now, as a runner, your needs for gear are significantly different than if you are a triathlete. One of the things that I like about running is that the gear needs are significantly less. Uh, If you are traveling, you can bring all of your gear with you in your suitcase, throw in a pair of running shoes, uh, some running shorts, and hit the road. The situation is obviously different if you're dealing with triathlons, uh, triathlon bikes, all of the other stuff that goes on with that sport. When we talk about gear, a runner still needs to be ready and willing to replace shoes on a regular basis, occasionally uh, need to update the watch, we need to make sure that we have comfortable clothes to run in, but typically the gear needs are significantly less. Now, as a triathlete, we are essentially dealing with three different sets of gear. So we're dealing with all of our swim stuff, all of the bike stuff, and all of the run stuff. So the gear needs and the expenses associated with that are typically higher as a triathlete than a runner. In addition to that, I uh, would also like for you to consider that some regular maintenance needs to be done on some of this stuff, specifically that spiffy tri bike that you ride. If you do some regular maintenance on that or have that done, it can extend the usability of that bike. So as an example, around the drive train, making sure that you're switching out the chain periodically, the chain and the cassette. By doing that, you're able to extend that, uh, the functional life of that equipment altogether. So if it's not something that you do on a regular basis, I would definitely recommend you uh, visit your local bike shop and at least have a conversation with them about the frequency for changing out that gear, chain, drivetrain, uh, checking the cables, doing all that stuff. I want to make sure that your bike is appropriately maintained, and that's going to extend the functional life of that bike. That does not necessarily mean that two years from now you're not going to want that fancy newer bike that comes out but by maintaining it appropriately you will extend the functional life of the bike that you have additionally getting the new watch or the new wetsuit all of these additional things can add up so we should plan for these expenses to the best extent possible now more than one holy wetsuit has been worn on race day and that's okay One of the things cyclists and triathletes should be absolutely replacing periodically is the helmet. Uh, It's something that we don't necessarily think of all the time, uh, especially if you haven't been in an accident, you may not necessarily concern yourself with replacing your helmet. But I am sure that a lot of money is spent on marketing new helmets, and that's okay. Getting the latest and greatest aerodynamic everything may not be appropriate for all of us but replacing your helmet between every five to 10 years as recommended by the manufacturer is something that we should be doing even if it hasn't been visibly damaged. With that, we're gonna wrap up today's episode of Money Mile. For your homework, I would like for you to think about how being an endurance athlete impacts your timeline for financial independence. Also like for you to consider the amount of cash reserve that you would feel comfortable maintaining And if you haven't done so already, I would like for you to write down the amount of cash reserve that you would feel comfortable maintaining, and that way you'll be clear about what you should be working towards there. The next area that we talked about today was cash flow. We talked about several different areas of these expensive hobbies and being an endurance athlete. In particular, we talked about gear. So one of the things I would encourage you to consider if you haven't done so already is as part of your spending plan or your budget every year, integrating a budget for gear. You might not buy a new bike every year, but those expenses do add up. So integrating that in with your spending plan is going to be an important piece of that. So that is your homework for this episode. Keep in mind that if you work out, everything else will too. And I look forward to talking with you again next time on Money Mile.